passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance from superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This is I Hate the Fins, episode number 21. Thank you for joining me. My name is Keith. I'm with my co-host, Zach. Uh, March Madness weekend is what's going on there. Uh, I was excited. Uh, The Dirt, the Motley Crue biopic dropped on Netflix. Got around to watching it this weekend. Zach, did you see that? I haven't seen it yet, but I heard it's not that good. It's it's fine. Uh, I read the yeah. book. Um, I like the band for the most part. Oh, I, 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 I'm a bass player, and I, I love Nikki Six. I played Thunderbirds all growing up just because of him. Nice. Um, and I mean, obviously, the story is largely based around him, seeing as how I mean, like he was the heart and soul of the group. I thought the movie's fine. Uh, really hard to do that entire book yeah. in a two-hour movie, essentially. So they, they do skip over a lot of parts that it would have been nice to see. Uh, it is raunchy, though, which, I mean, yeah, you, would, sure. you would expect. It would be weird if it, if it were not, but at the same time. So, man, I got around to watching that yesterday. I was going to watch it on Friday, but uh, I stayed home, and I was with my daughter, and I watched college basketball so nice uh, uh and as of right now my bracket is still doing just fine this is the best i've ever done in uh an ncaa pool and typically uh people is because i mean i'm fairly knowledgeable with sports and so i'm at work and people are asking me what they should do with their bracket and i was like let me stop you right there just because i know about sports doesn't mean i can help you here and i'm the last person you want uh it's a, a you know somebody to consult in terms of uh, helping you with these picks, I suck at it. This this year's going okay. It'll bottom out. So it'll probably bottom out now that I said that in about twenty minutes. But as for right now, it's fine. Hopefully, you guys are doing well. Maybe you'll make some money as uh, coming up here. I don't know. So, uh, kind of a fun twist. Instead of just sitting here and talking about the prospects we like and we don't like, and making ourselves out to be complete ass clowns, <clears throat> which we could do any show. This week. Zach put together his own, uh, you called it Miami Madness. I like that. Yeah. He used our, I'm looking at this right now. He made a, a bracket of all the, the top draft prospects for 2019. Pretty cool. So I figure, why not? Let's, uh, we're, it's going to be a quicker show this, uh, this week. Uh, my wife's on spring break because she works in a school district as a social worker. So she's around. Uh, we're trying to, just do non-media things. So I'm going to try to make this somewhat quick this week while still entertaining you guys, giving you your, your money's worth, even though you didn't pay for this. <clears throat> so uh, should we just go? I mean, technically, I mean, there are regions. Now, let's go by region. Okay. I listed these. It's like Midwest, East. 
So, yeah, just just because it was uh, a thirty-two bracket, I was like, do I want to break it down into the the smaller groups of eight? Um, but so yeah, I don't remember which regions which on the board. So you're gonna have to guide me there a little bit. Ah, uh, it's gonna be tough for me to remember that too. <laughs> I, it's it's been a weekend. Yeah. So uh, let's just start with uh, we'll start with the first region. We'll call this one. Let's see here. Let's call this one the Midwest. Okay. Okay. All right. So in the Midwest, the one seed, which is interesting to me, you have it as Devin White, the linebacker. Well, so let me let me start off by saying I'm pretty sure I dropped my top three guys from this. I dropped Bosa, Quinn and Williams, and uh, Josh Allen, just because I think there's not a chance in hell that any of them are available for the Dolphins unless they traded up into the top three. Um, sure. So so that then puts Devin White. Um, well, it goes Ed Oliver and then Devin White on my big board. So that's why they have the one seeds. That's cool. So um, you've got him against Drew Locke, the quarterback out of Missouri. Which which I think that, that kind of makes this an intriguing one versus 16 match. Because um, if you're going to go purely best player, Devin White moves on every day of the week here. But if you are if you are in quarterback mode, and you are considering the most quarterback options possible for the Dolphins, you might have a 16 seed win here. So, um, I mean, in in my world, Devin White wins this one, but I don't know about you. Yeah, Devin White wins. Uh, and appropriately, you had this in the same spot where Virginia sat last year when they lost to the 16 seed. Yep. <laughs> um, but I, I can't. I mean, it's. I realize that you're you're talking about the the most premium position in sports, perhaps going against a position that is difficult for a lot of teams to take in the first round, let alone the top 10. But Devin White is an incredible talent. Uh, someone who I, you're, you're starting to see a lot of mocks with him going to Tampa Bay. I think that's legitimate unless Bruce Arians is just going to shock the world and take a quarterback. Cause I, I and I would agree with him cause I'm not a fan of Jameis Winston. And Bruce Arians wants to throw it deep. I, I don't think Jameis Winston is going to get him that kind of game, especially because Bruce Arians gets there. And you, you're like, wait a minute, I have Mike Evans to work with, and this is the facilitator. So I could see him uh, in that kind of mode. But Devin White. I, I think that's a big trade down spot, too, for, for Tampa Bay. I, I think they're on prime trade down territory right in front of the well, Giants. So jump in front of the Giants because yeah. you, you, you think the Giants take a quarterback? Uh, I don't know. That that's a tough one because it if it probably should be Haskins, but the, the way they're talking about going to that uh that Tennessee exotic Smash Mouth that that twelve personnel look, you will ruin Dwayne Haskins in there. Dwayne Haskins needs to play in like a an open offense spread kind of deal at that point um to get the most out of how he's a, a point guard who facilitates the ball. I hate the idea of Dwayne Haskins in. Uh, giant blue, too. For that, for that reason, it just it seems like a forced fit. It doesn't seem like the the kind of quarterbacks they they've typically been drawn to. And I agree that Dwayne Haskins needs like that more wide open uh, presentation in terms of an, of an offense. So, and I'm not uh, gonna we, lie, you got a little bit of a rumored racist owner there. Um, so they might not take Haskins. He's I wasn't gonna, not white. I wasn't gonna, well, we're, I guess I, we're going to touch that. <laughs> I, I just got to throw it out there. Like, I mean, I, and especially with Daniel Jones, who is more 
milk toast Eli Manning copy, like bleh, than Daniel Jones. Right? Daniel Jones. Yeah. Do you want to say, say his name like Matt Damon in Team America? Uh, World? Like, Matt Daniel Jones. <laughs> Daniel Jones. Yuck. What, well, the feeling I get about Daniel Jones is you know when you have to take like Pepto-Bismol or something and you get that chalky taste, aftertaste from Pepto-Bismol and you just do that shake, your body just does that natural like ooh, shake. That's how I feel yeah. when I talk about Daniel Jones. I get the um, the morning after you take Pepto-Bismol and your whole mouth is black. Am I the only person who gets that? Okay. <laughs> Daniel fair. Jones. Devin White moves on then, we agree. Yeah, yeah, that's we'll keep moving. No offense, we'll stop. No offense to Drew Locke is his <laughs> uh his emo haircut I, I approve of. All right. Uh the eight nine. These are always miserable games to pick. Uh I don't think this is a tough one. Uh huh. Dalton Risner. Yeah. Yeah. K State against Nikhil Harry. Yeah, I mean for us, I think this is really easy. Um I you know, it's it's harder if Devontae Parker didn't sign a uh last go around kind of deal. Um, I think you see people that in a crazy world, you know, board goes to hell. If there's a DK Metcalf or worst case scenario, uh, Nikhil Harry, and they think he's like a real number one, I think there's a chance. But with Parker coming back, getting a last shot with this new uh, coaching staff, I, I think it's the offensive lineman over the wide receiver every day. Oh yeah. Just in terms of value too. I'm going that, that route. Um, and I mean, I like Nikhil Harry, but I'm not a huge fan of that type of receiver. There has to be yeah. some knockout traits there for me to bite. Yeah. You, you have to be more than a guy that can go up and get the football. Yeah. Like, I need I, more because... I think, I think Nikhil Harry is, is more than that. I think I think he has some good run-after-catch ability. Um, I don't think he runs as crisp of routes as we'd like. Um, but I think if you could either... I think he's one of those guys where, where you talk about major league pitcher, pitchers. Um, you know, I, I Orioles are going this route of we want you to throw real three really good pitches, not five or six okay pitches. If you can get Harry to run, you know, a handful of really good routes that he does well and use his size and athleticism to beat dudes, take it. You know, dudes don't have to be all around perfect. Who does that sound like to you? I mean... That sounds like when Devontae Parker was coming in. That's one hundred percent Devontae yeah. Parker. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, so, so that's why, you know, and I find it, it's so hard with Devontae Parker because I, I think the, the lack of making it happen on for him has been injury stuff, which you can't coach, you can't do anything about it. It just is what it is. And then I just don't know where his head's at. You know what I'm saying? Um, yeah. That big factor well, we're that we, out. yeah, the big factor we never know about on this end of draft and football and stuff is like where are these guys heads at we're, we're not around them we don't know who they are as human beings you know yeah i i have love for Devonte. I, I yeah mean, yeah i don't i don't i don't have any issue with him i know some some people in the fan base do uh, i'm hoping that he's able to put it together with this new coaching staff new offense i'm hoping that um it works for him i'm rooting for him obviously yeah uh, okay so, um, I mean, I love Nikhil Harry, but it's got to be Dalton Risner, right? Yeah, yeah. Okay. I, I I just realized the the weird typo on the next one. Guess I'll have to go back. No, and clean I, that I up. saw that already. Don't worry about it. <laughs> um, so uh, Jonah Williams, the offensive tackle, he's a guy some people love, some people not as a big fan um, of him. He, uh, I thought his arm length was good. I thought a lot of people thought he was going to have uh, the T Rex 
limbs at the combine. Uh, he's what thirty? Is it thirty three and half three thirty three and yeah, three quarters? Yeah, he's, he's fine. He's perfectly he, fine. That's a, he checks the box. Yeah, that's fine. I mean, I've seen I've seen really good uh, left tackles with. I mean, I, Jake Long wasn't even thirty three. I don't think. I don't think Joe Thomas was thirty three. Yeah, yeah. Jake so, Long had weirdly yeah. short arms for how big of a man he was. Yeah, he still went first overall. And I mean, yeah. like, I mean, and arm length wasn't what was a problem for him. It was the injuries. So anyway, uh, you have him going against this is this is uh, interesting. So you got him going against Devin Bush. Yeah, out of I, Michigan. I, and I think we have the same conversation we have here. Um, with Devin White, I think Devin Bush is also a spectacular athlete. Um, exactly. But at the end of the day, I think the Dolphins, while they may never be ever settled on linebacker, um, I think here you got to go with the offensive tackle. Um, Jonah Williams could play outside, inside. Um, and with Juwan James gone, at this point you need that right tackle. And I think he'd be a really good right tackle. This one's a tougher a tougher call for me because I'd be absolutely stoked to get either of these guys. I think if we're bringing in Devin Bush, because Devin Bush kind of reminds me of the the scheme flexibility that we've seen with the Patriots. And I don't mean to say like, it's like when we brought in like the Packers guy and all of a sudden we were tr- everyone was trying to find that correlation between the Dolphins and the Packers in terms yeah. of offense. I'm not trying to do that with the defense now that we brought in uh, Flores and whatnot, but I imagine that that, it, that is something that's going to interest them. Is that that kind of that chess piece? On yeah, defense. I, I mean, I he wants Devin, guys Devin that are Bush. smart and multiple, and you know that's that's yeah. exactly what Devin Bush and Devin White both are. Um, Devin, yeah, I think Devin Bush is a little bit better in coverage, um, but I think where Devin White makes up with it is he's got an inch or two on him. Um, but at the same time, Devin Bush has like a forty-one inch vertical, which is stupid for a guy that's five eleven. Right. Um, it, it's Jonah Williams for me, but it's it's close. Yeah, no, I, I agree with you on that one. Okay, and then the the last one, the uh, the four thirteen uh matchup. This was this was a weird, uh, ugly one, to be honest. For for the Dolphins' needs, at least. Uh so you got DK Metcalf, the uh the much hyped receiver. I think it's fair to say mm-hmm. against Marquise Hollywood Brown. Um, newly added to Adidas as yeah. uh, an athlete. That is my brand. I appreciate that. Um, okay, so in interesting in the the fundamental difference between these two receivers. Uh, for the longest time, there Marquise Brown was thought to be the first receiver who was going to go in this draft, and then after the the combine, uh, the hype started up, and a lot of people were like, ah, you know, pump the brakes. It could be DK Metcalf. Uh, this one's easy for me though. I don't know. I don't know if it is how you feel about it, but I guess we'll see. Um, so I, I think the interesting thing here is if the Dolphins didn't have Albert Wilson and Jakeem Grant, I think Brown makes a lot of sense. Um, mm-hmm. You know, because because I mean, you always saw the the Patriots bring in some sort of really quick athlete kind of receiver, um, but the Dolphins already have two of them. So you know, I guess. My pick here for the sake of just some different spice of life, you know, would be Metcalf. Um, but again, Brown makes more sense in the system if they didn't have those guys already. Just in terms of preference for me, it's easily Marquise Brown. Yeah. Uh, I, I tend to think of when I when I think of uh, Grant and Wilson, 
at great speed, but they they were used in multiple ways, you know, with the jet sweeps and whatnot. And you think about the the game against Chicago when Wilson was just the yards after catch was just lethal. Yeah, unbelievable. But, but I think Marquise Brown brings a little bit of an element in that an absolute slasher type receiver that while undersized is someone who is just an absolute problem when it comes to ripping the top off the defense. Yeah. I, and, agree. I mean, a guy, I agree. Another, another guy, another guy who kills in terms of yak. Yep. I mean, you look at his tape. I mean, I granted in, in the big 12, you should be racking up the yak when you have that kind of ugly speed that he has. Um, I'm, <laughs> No, go. I don't want to say I'm not a big, go. Go Brown here. Like I'll, I'll say thirteen I, over four. That'd oh, be fun. Yeah, I am taking. I am taking Marquise Brown, but that's. I don't want that to be an indictment of DK Metcalf, because I mean he could very well be a, a stupid good receiver. There are some measurables and some skills he brings to the table that I think out on the perimeter could be devastating at the next level. The um. The cone time, the change of direction drills at the combine. His numbers give me pause. Yeah, I wasn't a big fan of that, um, especially in today's NFL. I feel like I mean it's it sink or swim in terms of change of direction. I mean, uh, people used to laugh at you know why why are you so focused on the short shuttle and the three cone and all that good stuff, and now it's become you know hey this team focuses on this and these guys are usually pretty successful in terms of the players they add through the draft. So. Um, I outside of that, DK Metcalf is um, just uh, the build of an absolute bully out on the perimeter. And if used correctly and he's able to harness that, that would be an absolute weapon. So I don't want to dismiss that or discount it even. So for sure, for sure. But I think <laughs> but I am but gonna, Brown, I am, Brown's I am a good move up. on there. Uh, yeah. That's just me, but I mean, that's all. I'm a stickler when it comes to certain things like that. And I watched him play, and I was fine with him being the number one receiver, even with the the whole undersized thing going. I think that he'll make it work, yeah. and uh, a much more complete skill set than like a John Ross. Yeah. Oh yeah, for so, sure. Okay, so um, next one down, uh, Cleveland Farrell, and I think that's he says Greedy Williams. Yeah, on the it's, it's on tiny. Blind. <laughs> okay. Um. I'm pretty sure I know where you're going to go here. I know where I'm going to go. Uh, and this is a tough one because these are the two the two areas of um, insane value when it comes to defense these days. You got your pass rusher against your perimeter defender. Yeah. Um, and Cleveland Farrell is not a knockout in my opinion, but I think that he's going to be a very good pass rusher uh, depending where he goes. Uh, I... Greeny Williams, I think, is more hit or miss. So I, I got to go with uh, Farrell on this one. Yeah, I'm in the same boat. Um, I think this is an interesting matchup because I think you're looking at Farrell uh, high floor. I don't want to say low ceiling, um, but it, he's you kind of get what you're going to get on, on film. Um, whereas Greedy Williams, he has all the athletic tools and the length. And, you know, I mean, he doesn't even have that much length. He's just tall. Um, and the weird thing is he's he's best as a press man corner, but he's not that physical. Um, so there's a lot of things you got to work on with Greedy Williams. But if you get all those wheels clicking, like you could have a, a, a Ramsey, you know, in your pocket there. But again, I think Cleveland Farrell is a safer pick there. So I would definitely go Farrell as well. Yeah. 
Okay, uh, we'll just try to keep this moving. Uh, this is an interesting one. This is TJ Hawkinson, the uh, really impressive tight end out of Iowa. And people were talking about Noah Fant all year. And then all of a sudden, people were, and then some people started to notice that, hey, TJ Hawkinson's better. Yeah. <laughs> so, and I mean, like, that's not, and that's nothing against because Noah Fant, because he's really good too. But TJ Hawkinson is just a stupid good prospect. And he's, com- he's more so. complete too. He's, he's more all around, gives you you know, enough in the blocking game and stuff like that, where fans going to be um, Ingram 2.0, which there's nothing wrong with. Um, I mean, look at how long Jordan Reed did his thing before his knees just gave out on him. So, right. Um, so where are you going on here? Where are you going? What do you think? Ooh, that- well, you have Hawkinson against Will Greer, yeah. who uh, I think he kind of got a bump this week in terms of the stock, which is so weird. I mean, it- like pro days are well, so I mean, stupid. That's just draft season for you yeah. because all we heard about the combine is how he was just absolutely blowing it. Yeah, and then and then sure enough, people were like, "I oh, know, you know, the pro day was was awesome and everything." So I feel like you deserve credit in that you've been consistent with him the whole time. You you have not wavered on your um, analysis of Will Greer. I think you have a good feel for what he is. You're not expecting him to come out and just absolutely blow the doors off but he does multiple things well yeah i mean i mean at the end of the day it's he's kind of like your cleveland pharaoh of quarterbacks like he's played a lot of football games you know he's played well in all those football games and you know he's faced adversity with the florida stuff you know he has a a family he's he's a, a new dad like yourself i think a little bit longer maybe a year year and a half um but he's really matured and put it all together and like he on that West Virginia team, while they had some good pieces, he led that team. And if that team didn't have him, I don't know if they're that good. So he made that team better. Um, so at the end of the day, you know, I didn't, I, I have a, like a fringe, fringe one, more preferably Andy Dalton early two kind of grade on him. Um, but at the end of the day, like I'd feel better about taking Will Greer at. 28 or hell even like 25 compared to to drew lock or uh daniel jones you know 15 through 25 i'm gonna take the upset here me too because i'm i'm not a will will greer hater like people and i love tj hackinson but i mean the the whole team is full of tight ends right now i mean like and i'm trying to view this just in terms of just the dolphins yeah yeah i'm trying to i'm trying to ignore um the the in-house um information yeah if you will and and um kind of like the state of the team right now but will greer i think is sneaky good so that's my pick sneaky sneaky athleticism Uh just because he's a white guy huh keith no (laughs) now now if you excuse me i gotta get back to my job overseeing the giants so um all right let's see here uh dexter lawrence uh, much talked about on this show uh, going against um, well your favorite op- offensive tackle prospect Andre Dillard yeah this is uh, this, this one Andre Dillard I've seen mocked to the Dolphins more times than I would have expected mm-hmm. during this draft season um, awesome and pass pro I if he becomes a, a anything resembling a really good run blocker, I'm going to be blown away. I mean, it could happen, but coming from that offense, Mm -hmm. 
playing for uh, Mike Leach and whatnot. I mean, it's trick. It's a tough eval is pretty much what I'm saying. So, and I love Dexter Lawrence anyway. So I feel bad passing on a guy who could be a really good pass blocking offensive tackle. But for me, it's got to be Dexter Lawrence here. Yeah. And I think this is an interesting matchup too, because Dexter Lawrence can get some some push, uh, some face face pressure there, um, but he's not gonna be a big sack guy. Um, you know, most places will play him as that zero one shade, maybe a two, maybe like a three eye. Um, but at the end of the day, he's—I don't want to say he's one dimensional, but he's more one dimensional than some of the other interior defenders in this class. Um, and I think you could say the same thing about Andre Dillard. He's a pretty good pass rusher. My questions are. How well is his deep set that he didn't have to do too, too much um, at Wazoo versus NFL quality guys week in and week out? Um, so at the end of the day, I'm going to go Dexter Lawrence too because um, I have an idea of what I'm going to get long-term with him. Yeah. Last one, you got some Clemson on Clemson crime. Ooh, yeah, this is going to be a Christian tough one. Wilkins, Christian Wilkins against Austin Bryant. Yeah, it's weird because, like, I think people really forget about Austin Bryant. And, like, I know he wasn't spectacular. I know he wasn't the sexiest guy on that line. But, like, that man did his job. Like, he got sacks. Like, he caused turnovers. Like, he got pressure. And he sets the edge pretty well, too. Like, both him and Farrell both did what they needed to do. Um, So, I I think I have a higher grade on Austin Bryant than most people. I think he's a a guy that you could take end of one and feel not bad about. he feels a lot like a Trey Flowers for the Patriots. Um, well, now the Lions. Um, but at the end of the day, like I am slowly sliding into Christian Wilkins being my pick at 13. As as the days get closer to the draft, everything about him is exactly what the Dolphins want. Um, you know, and the craziest thing is he's a phenomenal talent on the field, but he may be a better guy in your locker room and off the field. Austin Bryant's kind of like the Ringo of yep. that group. Uh, Christian Wilkins, who is he? George, do you think? <sighs> just kind of unsung and yet just out, absolutely outstanding. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, he, oh. and he's, gotta, again, the leadership, the leadership qualities are unbelievable. Yeah. So, I mean, and we've, we've chosen the, uh, um, Clemson offensive lineman here. So, or excuse me, offensive line, defensive line. <laughs> I was reading off. He could probably do both. That. Stick him at guard. Um, he can definitely run the yeah, ball. So, no, I meant to say defensive lineman. I had like three messages at once, and I was just like, "Oh, I can't process this." So, I'm going with Christian Wilkins too. Although I really like Austin Bryant. Yeah. So, um, we'll try to move this along a little bit. So, we've got that set up. We'll, we'll revisit that. We'll go to the other side. Uh, Ed Oliver, big fans of him. Uh, Nasir Adderley. Yeah. Uh, yeah. who's kind of an unsung guy. Uh, well, was I think he's gotten quite this uh, bump in stock. Uh, safety out of Delaware. Who you got? Um, I think this one's easy. Ed Oliver definitely makes the most sense. Um, the Dolphins can't play four safeties. I mean, they could, um, but it's probably not ideal. Okay. Um, let's see here. Rashawn Gary, Dwayne Haskins. Who? Yeah. Big 10 on Big 10 crime. There. Interesting one. Um, this one's easy. Yeah. I, I got to go. I'm going to go Dwayne here. Yeah. Um, the The issue he has with Face pressure is something that I don't think should be discounted mm-hmm. or dismissed. I think that he does struggle um, with, you know, I, and I noticed that early on this season at Ohio State 
when he's got pressure in his face, uh, his mechanics are compromised. So that's something he's got to work on. I do think in the, the right hands, he's going to be a really good pro, though. So, I mean, I'm not a hater. Um, I know a lot of Dolphins fans are really keen on seeing him land in Miami. Mm. So, I mean, it's not going to make or break my draft. But um, I'm going to take the quarterback here, especially because, and we've mentioned this before, Rashawn Gary does a lot of things, but what what is he going to do at the next level? Like, what is the spot for him? Yep, exactly. Um, yeah, and I mean, even, I guess it was last week's show or the week before I said, you know, when you were asking me if I would take Haskins, I said, if I'm the Dolphins, he's not my quarterback. But if the Dolphins ended up getting him in the realm of 13, I wouldn't be upset with that. Um, again, I think he's a good player too. And I think if O'Shea comes in and runs a similar system to the Patriots, that's a very just distribute and let him go kind of offense. Um, so I think he could find success there. Um, so I'll go with Haskins too for this one. Okay. Um, this one, I think, is probably the toughest call of them all. So you got Montez Sweat, who had just an absolute bananas week at the Combine for 441 officially as a defensive end, which is just stupid. You got him going against Cody Ford. Well, I mean, uh, draft stock, depending on who you talk to, um, it's always a little difficult to get a feel for OU offensive linemen, I feel like. Yeah. Because, I mean, like, there's some guys that come out and you think they're going to be really good. Other guys, you're not as... I mean, when I think of classic, off, you know, offensive linemen out of uh, OU, you think of, like, remember, like, Jamal Brown? Yep. Like, I mean, he ended up being a pretty good player. I mean, like, it was a short window for him, but I think he was a pro bowler. So, um, Who are you going with? Just guys like that. Who are you taking, Keith? I'm not a giant fan of Montez Sweat's game, but I'm going to roll with him here. Okay. Sorry. Um, I, I will say the same thing. Um, I think at this point, Sweat is the better upside guy. Um, but you want to know who my yes. comp is for Cody Ford that people really like? Vernon Carey. Shoot. He reminds me a oh, lot. Yeah, I can see that. Right? Because he's kind of multiple like Vernon Carey. He's a guy that carried a lot of weight at one point in his career, has kind of gotten in better standings weight-wise, um, and it's made him a little bit more fluid of an athlete. Um, but he didn't lose any of that power from dropping the weight. so. Um, I think Cody Ford's a guy that if for some reason the Dolphins go that route and they, they work out a trade to bump back in the first, acquire more picks for next year, and they do legitimately go into 2020 quarterback mode, he's a guy that I would keep an eye out for for sure. Because, you know, this year, maybe you play him at right tackle. If you're not feeling that's his best spot, you bump him down. Yeah, I love that comparison, though. Vernon Carey, one of the better right tackles to play for the Dolphins. Oh, yeah. Really underrated. Um, this one is just a no brainer for me. Brian Burns, um, one of my favorite guys in this I really underrated in terms of, um, not just played for a team that Florida State not very good last year, but in terms of upside, what he brings to the table, I mean, is considerable against Noah Fant. I mean, yeah. a really good tight end, but I think Brian Burns is a stud. Yeah. Brian, Brian Burns too. Mm -hmm. And People, the biggest thing against Brian Burns is, you know, people say like, how can he hold up at the point of the attack? Especially like, what's his weight going to be? And he kind of settled the weight issue there. Um, but I've seen people still saying like, you know, he can't hold up at the point of the attack. But if you go back and watch his film, even playing at 
God, 218, 225. That dude set the edge better than Charles Harris has ever set the edge. Um, and Charles Harris got hefty at one point. You know, he he's holding down 260, you know. Um, so at yeah. the end of the day, like, I, I like Brian Burns a lot. And I think he's the most refined pass rusher. And it there in some worlds, he may be the most refined pass rusher right next to Bosa there. Um, he's, he's, he's dangerous. Yeah, he's got he's got some moves, too. He's He's got that, like, third step long arm and then cut back inside. Um, that he really liked. And one of his favorite guys is Jason Taylor too. So you get a little extra points in my book there. Yeah. Uh, I honestly, of the guys I'd like to see at 13 for me, right. Brian Burns is probably top three at this point where, I mean, you just bring him in and I am curious to see what Flores can do with Charles Harris. Like, is there anything in turn? And like, first of all, he's got to be a stand up. Yeah. I mean, there's just there's no point putting that guy's hand in the dirt. Don't bother. Yeah, play him like they used to play um, OV. Yeah, there you go. <clears throat> you should be consulting them on this. <laughs> uh, okay, this is kind of a tough call, but yeah. unfortunately, you got I positional value is going to win this one for me. Uh, Byron Murphy, corner out of uh, UW. That's Washington. Uh, Zach Allen, a favorite of ours, the DE from Boston College. I love Zach Allen. If we can get him in the second round, that'd be cool. Byron Murphy might be my ideal guy as a number two corner uh, across from X if we're adding in the draft, though. So I, I got to it, it's an edge. Uh, it's well, I mean, it's close for me, but I got to go Byron Murphy. Yeah, I think that's fair. Um, and as much as I love Zach Allen, I, I am going to go Byron Murphy as well. Um there, there's a universe somewhere. It may not be this one, but there's a universe where the Dolphins end up with Zach Allen or Dalton Risner in the second round. Um, and I am a very happy young man. Yeah. DeAndre Baker, another corner. This one out of Georgia and another guy who would be an ideal number two, I think. Garrett Bradbury, whose who's stock is just spreading like wildfire right now. I mean, so, and good for him. I've heard like people talk about Garrett Bradbury going like top 15 even. Um, which I think is yeah. a little strong there. Um, but he's he's a good player, don't get me wrong. Right. Um, mm, this one's a little tougher for me, especially because... Mm, I'm going to take the upset. Yep. You're going to go with uh, Bradbury there? Yeah, I'm sorry, DeAndre Baker. I love you so much, but... I, I'm... I think Garrett Bradbury... Oh man. Yeah, I mean, having a having a center, <laughs> if you think he's going to be a center that you're going to have that's going to lead the middle of your offense there for a decade, like you pull the trigger on that. Um I I like Bradbury a lot, but Baker's obviously based on where he he's seated is is the top cornerback on my board, and I think he is the best cornerback out of the top 3 guys cuz he he can play man, he can play zone. Um is he going to struggle against certain speed kind of guys? Yeah, but he's never going to get beaten by somebody that's a technician, um, which we hold those guys as receivers up pretty high. So at the end of the day, I think having a guy that can run with a receiver step for step through the route tree um, that may need some help over the top from a safety on stupid fast guys that just run nines I will take all day long, especially if he's going to be your number two. So I would go Baker here, um, but let's let's move on Bradbury there for the consistency of our next round. Yeah, 
Um, in my opinion, the best offensive lineman in this draft is Juwan Taylor. Uh, AJ Brown, who is my favorite receiver in this draft, tough one, but I mean, come on, it's gotta be, it's gotta be Juwan Taylor. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree. We can keep this one short and simple. Um, you know, we talked about uh, Andre Dillard being a really good pass blocker. Jawan Taylor's, the, I think he's even a better pass blocker um, from a better conference that made him do more. So at the end of the day, got to take that offensive tackle. Uh, Kyler Murray and David Edwards. Uh, yeah, this, is, this would be rough for me, but I don't think there's any apparent hell of Kyler Murray being there or the Dolphins even sniffing him. Yeah, I mean, he, so he was a guy that, that was. Trade up? I was thinking he was a guy that I was going to take off this. Um, experiment here but I think there there's more likely of a world where Kyler Murray doesn't go one um, and we we kind of have some sanity and logic to this whole draft process um, and the Cardinals not screwing everything up for everybody um, so I think he's there um, and because of him going against David Edwards obviously I'm going to take Kyler Murray um, I think Edwards is a really yeah, the, good offensive tackle. He's another guy that if he's around in the second round for the Dolphins, sign me up. Um, you know, yeah. but he's a guy again that I would take, you know, if I'm in that 27, 28, 29, 30, 31, 32, he's a guy that if I need a right tackle as well, I have no problem taking in that range. Okay. Kyler's in. I the, the only problem there is I feel like I mean it's gonna be hard to take anyone over Kyler. Yeah. I mean, the only thing that holds me back on him is the um, the potential of him actually being For there. Sure. All, right, all right, so we'll we'll turn this into, we'll turn this into a speed round kind of thing yep. now. All right, so Devin White, Dalton Risner, ooh, that's tough. I love you both, but I got to go Devin. I'm White. going Dalton Risner on that one. I love Dalton Risner. Um, he's a dude where. I think he is going to be a steady Eddie on an offensive line for a decade plus, no problem. Um, and I love the leadership of Devin White, but I just really love Dalton Risner, so I'm gonna, I would go there. Uh, but let's let's stick with your picks right. moving forward, just to keep things easy. No, 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 that's cool. You're you're passionate about it, and I and I love him too. Okay. So let's let's put him in there. And plus, I mean, like we're not getting Devin White. He's yeah, I don't think so either. So I mean. We can use that as a tiebreaker right, when it comes in. It's like he's not he ain't gonna be there. All right, uh Jonah. Jonah versus and, Brown. Uh, Marquise Brown. This got Yeah, Jonah. Jonah for sure. Again, offensive tackle and that need there for the Dolphins, huge. And a decent ceiling, yeah. I think. I mean, could could surprise. Yeah. I mean, it's not like he's gonna come in there and he's got, you know, he's a high floor, low ceiling guy. I mean, I think like he's got a good floor, but I mean he could be he could be good. Um, all right. Uh let's see here. Ooh. Cleveland Farrell or Will Greer? It's gotta be Farrell for me on that one. Uh, as much as I love Will Greer, I think having a steady, good upside pass rusher that can also set the edge, you need it. You just need it at the end of the day. Not, yeah, not saying you don't one. need a quarterback, then, obviously, but No, 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 no. I don't I don't I, I don't believe people will misinterpret that. And if they did, they can they can uh, twit or tweet us about it and then we'll just ignore <laughs> it. Um, Dexter and Christian Wilkins, more <laughs> Clemson defensive line on Clemson defensive line crime. This is a bloodbath down uh, here. Wilkins for yeah. me. Wilkins too. It is Wilkins a too. It's an orange bloodbath. Yeah, I think I think Wilkins is a, is a treasure. All right, Ed Oliver, Dwayne Haskins. Who boy. 
I got to go Edo. Yeah. Man. Yeah. I think, I think Oliver, we've talked about how much we like him and, and the things that he could do in a Flores defense. Um, and again, I, I like Dwayne Haskins, but he's not my guy. Yeah. I mean, I love Dwayne too. And I mean, honestly, if he, if they, if they draft him, I'm cool. I think that's going to be same. I agree. That's going to be a lot of fun. And I don't think Ed Oliver is going to be there, but I I, th- I don't believe the 12 teams in front of us are stupid enough to let him get to 13. Yeah. I think that he, I think he's a good player. And, and but I mean, I am, I'm good at uh, underestimating the stupidity <laughs> of, of, of professional sports teams. So, all right. Um, Mont, this one's not close for me. Montez and, and Burns, it's got to be Burns. Yeah, I think Burns has more ability and upside. Um, I think sweats the the crazier athlete to size ratio. Um, but Brian Burns has the bend that Sweat does not have. So Burns for me too. And we already gave him a hockey nickname too, Burnsy. Look, get him, Burnsy. Uh, all right, Byron Murphy. Uh, Garrett Bradbury. Oh boy. Is Garrett Bradbury going to take down another corner? Oh, I don't know. Oh man, that's tough. Um, yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm going to okay. do it again. I'm going, I'll, I'll, hop up, I'll hop on your Bradbury train here just to, to make the brackets fun for sure. Uh, but the thing is, is like, I love the, here's the thing. Like we need a number two corner. For sure. Yeah. I mean, long term, that's got that's got to be a thing that happens. We absolutely need to fix the interior as uh-huh. well. So I don't think there's big of a disparity between these two positions as people might think. The only issue is people would look at and be like, dude, you're t- you're drafting a center over two um, top three corners. And that's fair. But I think that with that number two corner spot it doesn't have to be one of those three guys there are other guys in this draft you can get yeah, and i mean but they, that, that's just and my they have a, they have other three. dudes like they brought in eric rowe and we still get another year to see tankersley like they have a bunch of dudes that again we'll all believe can turn into number two corners and none of them ever will um but that that yeah. belief is there at least i agree so i mean i love these corners but i love garrett bradbury so i'm just being a selfish prick right now i'm sorry um all right Jawan Taylor, there's no way in hell this dude makes it to 13, <laughs> by the way. Um, and Kyler the Murray, of the guys who that also won't be I don't there. believe. Yeah, I know. This is, I mean, so someone's going to live on. I, I love Jawan Taylor, but this has got to be Kyler Murray. Yeah, God me. forbid Kyler Murray is around. Like, he, he is the only quarterback that I have as a real deal in this draft. Oh, man. Okay. Um, I like that speed around there. So, all right, we got Dalton. Dalton and Jonah. So, what are we so at? You're the Elite Eight where, now? Is that where we are? Okay. We are, yeah. Uh, who? I, I, for me, it's I. I like Jonah, but I. I like the po- positional flexibility, uh, high level flexibility. I might add that Dalton brings. So I am gonna give the slight nod to to Dalton, which is crazy because I think there's no way Jonah gets out of the first round. I think there's a chance Dalton does get out of the first yeah. round, but I'm a bigger fan of Dalton than I am Jonah. Yeah, I. I think. If you had to go through and grade, because again, I think they can both do similar things, but if you graded each one of them at every offensive line mis- position, I think your grades are more consistently high across the board for Dalton Risner versus Jonah Williams may have a better offensive tackle grade straight out the, the box, um, but Risner's got him everywhere else. So I say Risner too. All right. Gotta go with Risner. 
You taking Cleland or are you taking your boy Wilkins? Wilkins. Uh, again, Cleland's good. He's a would be an awesome consolation prize, but Christian Wilkins gives you an unbelievable off the field and locker room presence on top of his skill set. I can't argue with that. Uh, although I would also, I, for me, Cleveland Farrell's real close sure. in that that battle because I do like I like him a lot. Like that's just by a nose. Uh, Ed Oliver or Brian Burns? Who? That that's rough. Yeah. You know, for me, I'm going Burnsy here. Um, I think. Yeah. I think at the end of the day, Edge again. You're going to go through that list in your head. What do teams need to be built with? Number one, quarterback. Two, edge guys. Three, you know, number one corner. As you go through that list, edge guy is going to win out there. Um, and at the end of the day, I think Brian Burns is a phenomenal prospect um, that, again, probably shouldn't make it to Miami. Yeah, I'm going to be pissed if the Packers take him, especially because Clay, Clay Matthews just yeah. hit, the, hit the road. So they definitely need a contest sweat. Um, and I also don't think Ed Oliver is going to no. make it there. So, I mean, Brian Burns is definitely the guy. Uh, and plus, I mean, if we do take Brian Burns and they want a defensive tackle, there are some good ones they can get in um, uh, yep. in round two. So that, that's a, a little bit of a reinforcement there. That's not something that decides these for me, but it helps. All right, Garrett Bradbury or Kyler Murray. Sorry, Garrett. <laughs> I was going to say, gotta, let's go Garrett. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, Garrett. I mean, the, the only reason that Garrett won those is because uh, those guys for me are number are good number two corners for us, yeah. which I mean would be a would be an embarrassment of riches considering what the guy they're lining up across from. But I mean, it's got to be Kyler. Kyler's just a stupid, fun yeah. prospect. Yeah, for sure. All right, so I, I'm sorry, Garrett. It you was had a good. good run. Cinderella uh, run there. All right. Oh man, Dalton and Christian Wilkins. As much as I love Dalton Risner, like. I can't not take Christian Wilkins at that point. Like, again, I, I think Christian Wilkins is the better overall talent. And I think both of those guys are similar off the field kind of guys. Um, but you got to take a talent guy at that point. I, I feel like this bracket is turning into like a faux Rorschach <laughs> test for you right now. Where I mean, like I'm figuring out like what's really... What what lies deep down in your soul with these players? Because I knew you were big fans of both guys. You don't you don't want to venture into what now, lies deep now, down in Zach's soul. You'll find a whole bunch of nothing. No. Oh man. <laughs> and now this episode uh, okay. gets dark. Brian, moving on. And now and yeah, right now things get ugly. Brian, yeah, Brian Burns, Kyler Murray. It, it's yeah. so hard because like again. Kyler Murray, I probably should. I probably shouldn't have put Kyler Murray on the board either, because if the number one stuff is true, there's there's obviously no way he's getting there. And I think even if the number one stuff isn't true, Miami has to make a move for him. But you got to remember that who are the two guys that the collective Miami staff loved last year? Baker Mayfield, Oklahoma, Oklahoma skill set, Oklahoma training. Attitude is not something that comes with Kyler Murray. They don't have the same demeanor, but. And then Lamar Jackson. And what is Kyler Murray if not yeah. the marriage of those two guys? Right. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I love him. And it would be so much fun to see that guy as a Miami Dolphin. I'm not going to think of getting my hopes up here. Maybe that's just me trying to get out in front of this and just saying, like, it, it, for me, it's Brian Burns. Yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll go Brian Burns here. Um, 
Just because, again, I just don't think Kyler Murray is around. But if he is, who boy. Yeah. Oh, man. That's going to kill this fan base, yeah. though. Can you imagine just in terms of the just everyone's collective blood pressure oh, yeah. just going through the roof at that? All right. Here's the championship. Burns. Wilkins. What do you think? Uh, this this is a really tough one because um, I, th- I think they're both extremely talented guys. Um, I heard a couple interviews with Brian Burns as well. I don't I think he's a good leader. I don't know if he'll be a vocal locker room presence kind of guy, um, but he knows his stuff. He he's on some of the interviews. He's really convinced me of he knows the X's and O's of what he needs to get done and what the guys around him do as well. Um, and I think he's more versatile than people think um because he moves well off the ball um so i think there's scenarios where you can play him with his hand in the dirt i think there's scenarios that if you wanted to play him off the ball if you want to stand him up and rush i think those are there's opportunities for that um i don't know if i would ask him to do all that um but i like i said early on i'm sticking with christian wilkins as we move closer to the draft he is quickly cementing into my pick 13 all right. I yeah, would take Burns. Cool. cool. That's no, that's me. cool. Yeah. Just because I, I think, I think Burns is, I think Burns is going to be special. So, and I think like, and it, you mentioned the, um, I mean, there's leadership, um, the articulation, uh, the understanding of X's and O's, pretty much everything you don't find in Florida state players. So he is, um, he's a rare guy and he's fun, but I mean, like, if you give me Wilkins, I mean that's that's pretty that's like one B for me. There's no disappointment there. I'm absolutely stoked to get that guy in, especially because we're rebuilding the defensive trenches anyway. And I mean that's that's just a cornerstone pick. Yeah, right there and me. I'm the same way with Burns. If, if you told me that, sorry, you can't get Christian Wilkins, but you're getting Brian Burns, like there ain't gonna be no tears on my end. Um, they're both excellent players huh. at the end of the day, and they're both guys that'll contribute out the gate. Um. And I think they're the kind of guys that Brian Flores is going to be looking for at the end of the day. I'm excited to hopefully add someone like that. So, all right, that's, that ties it up. It wasn't a short <laughs> show like I hoped, we, but we did it under 50, 50 minutes. So oh, we're always trying. We'll do better next time. Uh, thank you to everyone for tuning in for this special March Madness edition of I Hate the Fins. Uh, if you disagree with our picks, like I said, send us a tweet, preferably Zach, not me. Um, and don't expect a response because we're not going to re- respond to it. Uh, all right. Thank you, everyone. It's been fun. Hope you enjoyed this. We'll be back next week with episode number 22, I believe. So have a good night. Have a great week. Talk to you soon. Bye.